0: Vancouver Island, a land full of rich, diverse cultures where you will find hippies and rednecks at the same local brew pup, blue collar and white collar camping side by side at the lakes, and old and young and everyone in between with one thing in common, we love our island. Welcome back to the Wild Islander podcast, part two of Fish and Flies with Derek Bird. If you joined us last week, we heard all of about uh, Derek's experiences around the province and some of his uh, childhood memories. Today, we're going to be going into the world of fly fishing, specifically right here on Vancouver Island.
1: there there's this one fly that i use because i have a i do have a few spots like on vancouver island that mm. that i go that i don't tell anybody about like i just don't like never
0: they're in the will for the kids
1: exactly yeah yeah, yeah. if anybody finds my you know my fly fishing journal one yeah. day then <laughs> you know it will self-destruct yeah. right if it's not in, if it's not my fingerprint on it so um anyways it's uh I was fishing one of these spots one day and there's a fly that I use at a certain time of year that I know you can't buy in any of the fly shops, like within, you know, I haven't checked kind of beyond like a hundred kilometer radius, but I know within a hundred kilometer radius, they don't sell this fly. Um, cause it's, it's one that, it's one that I began to like, I started to use uh, just a couple of years ago on the Kootenays and, uh, but it hasn't kind of cross-pollinated out here yet. Mm. And and so there was one day where I, I took a cast and I and I put it across the stream and I got it caught in a tree and and I broke the leader. And so there the fly was hanging like across the river. <laughs> and, and it was just hanging there. And I thought, if some other angler comes along and they find that fly, like I just I can't handle that. It's and your so breadcrumb
0: trail. I, so I had to go yeah.
1: like I had to figure out how to cross the river and That's how to occasion. get to that fly anyways so so i'm a little bit like that which i know is hypocritical it's totally hypocritical
0: and it's 100 how i'm gonna start because... fly fishing from now i'm gonna look in the trees <laughs> and be like what was everybody else using i'm, I'm not even gonna lie i've done that before and looked i'm like oh yeah everybody got that caught okay yeah they but they weren't that good anyway because they got it caught so who knows
1: so uh yeah so um i like to say this like for people that don't know a lot about fly fishing as far as like technical stuff i like to say that that you can make it as simple or as technical as you want. Right. Mm. And so I think like kind of when you're opening that door, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people don't want to open the door kind of to fly fishing or, or we'll walk through a little bit and then kind of just leave, like jump back out Mm. is because is because you look at it and you're like, man, there is like, there is no amount of like study or information that I can do that will be enough. Right. It's like, there's always tangled. There's always more. Right. Yeah um but but then at the same time it's like yeah it can be as complex as you want but then it can also be as simple as you want to Mm. right and and what i mean by that is like i don't think anybody would start if it was always just like if it was just like this complexity that you could never accomplish Mm. so so that's why i think that you know a little kid you know a little kid could can do it they can pick it up um even though you know, it's not the best way for them to start, but they could pick it up. You know, somebody who's never done it before could pick it up. Mm. Um, And there's, there is something about beginner's luck, right? Where it's Mm. like, you know, you see a guy that should never ever catch a fish in a million years, because he can't cast properly. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, you know, the big ugly red thing that he's gone at the end of his fly line was, you know, some department store special that it's a starburst. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And, uh, but anyways, it's so you're like, they should never but then they do catch a fish, Mm. right? And so So I think that sometimes maybe that the extreme technical part of it is like part of it's true, Mm. but then part of it's kind of like elitist too, right? Like, like, oh yeah, I can do this. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this and sound really important. And, Mm. and uh, sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's bang on and sometimes it's just people bloviating. Right. So, um, so anyways, I've said a whole bunch by not saying anything at all right now but hey this is artful this yeah. is how it works
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um but if you want like uh if you want places to start um like orvis like orvis online has a wonderful like just a wonderful treasure chest of like here's where to get started mm. right like like here's what you need to get started really simple kind of like 101 stuff right just just really basic. Break down
0: your gear setup and yeah, what you're looking for. Yeah. And yeah. if
1: you're, like, if you are planning to get into it, like, you know, I would suggest that you don't go out and buy, you know, a 900 or a $1,000 rod. Go out and buy, like, a, you know, a $100 or $150 um, combo set, mm-hmm. right? And see if you like it. See if it's something that you like. Um, and then again, too, and actually we were talking about this just before the podcast, but, like, like if you can find somebody that's, that's willing to be, you know, patient and mm-hmm. take you out and show you a few things... Um, Yeah, like you can find a ton of stuff online, but there's nothing that really replaces kind of the one on one. Yeah, like this is this is how you cast, you know, you got to have like, you know, it's between, you know, it's between this, this and this point, this on your back cast, it's got to be, you know, a full stop on your back cast and then you're coming through, you're accelerating into your front cast. You know it's a it's a it's a straight line it's got to be a flat plane like we can, i can say that but really mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't mean anything unless you're standing right beside me yeah do you know what i absolutely. mean absolutely where i like can be like it. where i can be like no what you just did there is you you took your arm and you moved it like this and because you moved it like this you created an arc rather than a flat plane yeah and you're like oh okay and so if you have somebody there showing you that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's so helpful so you can actually like you can find people in i know in the Campbell River area mm-hmm. um and in different areas there's you know there's people who will go out and it probably costs a little bit of money but you can like you can get like kind of one on one tutelage if you can find a friend that's even better yeah right because then it's not uh it's not costing um but anyways so so it's like yeah but but then again too if you just go out and you like get a rod and there's nobody to show you and you can look online do that because because you'll get enough where you could at least cast it out 10 feet or mm. 15 feet right mm. a buddy and i um one of my buddies actually just last summer he'd never fly fish before mm. um he's like he's like uh just kind of mountains of knowledge as far as like where to go on the island and how to get there and kind of the person that you want to be with if you mm. run into a bear which we did um kind of one of those people just casually
0: throws in right and yeah yeah <laughs>
1: we we talk about that one later that was that one got my heart going after a, never, after a three <laughs> after a 3 hour hike um but anyways um yeah he he had never he had never fly fished before he'd never cast a rod and we hiked uh we did this one hike into this into this alpine lake and uh well no it was, sorry it wasn't alpine lake i'm misguiding people already we did a hike into a lake that i won't, will not mention the name of <laughs> anyways um and, and when we got in there, I set up a rod for him, and, and I looked and I could see, I could see fish feeding at the mouth of this Creek. And I could see that they were picking off, you know, they were picking off. They're probably, they were likely, um, they were likely coho smolts, maybe that were coming out of the
0: stream. For those who don't know, smolts would be the like up and coming. That's right? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Up and coming fish. The, yeah. the baby. The baby fish. The, the
1: baby fish. The yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah. They were picking off those, and so, so I put on a, you know, a, kind of the tried and true like muddler pattern, and uh, and I had it in the right color because a lot of times it just comes in deer hair, and I had it in a special deer hair color, and
0: you talk about the actual fly. The actual fly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and I said to him, I put, I put the rod it, so I tied it on, I put the rod in his hand and I said, I said, you're going to be the first, you're going to be the first person that I've taught how to fly fish that's going to catch a fish on his first cast. And he was just like, what? <laughs> I said, no, watch this. And so, so I, I like, I showed him how to cast. Like I, I cast away from where I could see the fish. I like, I showed him how to cast. I gave him like a crash course, like five minutes. This is how to do it. And then I put the rod in his hand. And it was only about a 20-foot cast that he had to make. And he cast about 10 feet, right? He missed the the spot by like 10 (laughs) feet because it was like basically his first cast that he'd ever done. And I said, okay, start stripping. And so he like, he stripped once and there was a fish on just like that, right? Beautiful trout. It was probably about 15, 16 inch trout. That was first cast. He caught a trout on his first cast and it was a beautiful trout. So anyways, so it's like, so it can be complicated, mm. but at the same time, you know, he caught a trout on like a, you know, a 10 or 15 foot cast on his first cast, right? So sometimes it's
0: like that. And, and it's such a unique feeling. Like it and is. Comparatively like doing yeah. like a spin catcher or whatever, like just a regular rod, doing that kind of fishing and then getting your first one on the fly rod. Like yeah. I still remember the exact feeling. Like it was absolutely connected. Oh, comparatively. 100%. Right? Because yeah. every movement, yeah. you felt like that fish was fighting your hand. Exactly. Which yeah. with the other ones, you're like, I feel like it's fighting a rod. Yeah. But the difference is, yeah, just yeah,
1: fly rod is so sensitive. Yeah. right? And it's built that way. Yeah. So it's Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, there's, you know, there, there are basically kind of like, as far as flies, there's kind of like, and it depends on what you're fishing for. I'm a trout guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking salmon right now. Um, but really, uh for trout you're kind of like you know i have i have a number of different fly boxes i have one for just like dry flies and then actually i have a few for dry flies um but you know but dry flies it's like you know are you fishing terrestrials meaning Mm -hmm. like you know are you fishing like things that are falling onto the water are you fishing beetle patterns or you know are you fishing hopper patterns are you fishing like uh you know i don't know like moths sometimes will fall into the water and and uh fish will take those so so it's like, you know, are you fishing like a terrestrial pattern or are you fishing like an aquatic insect, right? Are you mm-hmm. fishing, you know, like a caddis or a mayfly pattern or a, you know, or a stonefly pattern? So so once you kind of like start to get into those categories, then then you can be like, okay, well, I have a little bit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's summertime, the fish are, you know, they're going to probably feed on top. And so so I should be able to take a fish on top, right? hmm um and so you know so you can start to divide it up into there and there's websites um you know even our magazine at like we cover lots of bug stuff all the time Mm -hmm. and
0: websites cover lots of bug stuff so and i can can change like day to day oh for sure it can that's the crazy part is that one thing that'll work one day uh, from what i understand i mean you could speak more to that but like in the course of like a fishing trip, let's say in like a week, what does yeah. is, is kind of the spread look like? I mean, it, it it's I'm sure it's huge. Yeah. But it's some we'll kind of give some reference there. For yeah. What it like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's that's exactly it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, I've I've there's been circumstances where um where like I've fished and did really well. Say right at the start of a you know right at the you know the start of a season. So mm-hmm. so we'll say like a dry fly season, like you know maybe like in June, right? Mm-hmm. So right at the start of the season where I'll do like, start to do really, really well on stonefly patterns. But then when I, you know, when I move up higher in the stream, then all of a sudden the fish aren't taking those. Why is that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. That is the question. Why is it? Why is that? Is it there's, you know, there's a feeder stream coming in that's a little bit cooler there. Mm -hmm. And so the aquatic insects haven't gotten to a point of maturity yet. Mm -hmm it could be that right then all of a sudden you know when you start to when you start to make these guesses i mean you can sound really confident in them and people will listen to you and they'll be like wow yeah no that's yeah that's exactly it well no it's probably not exactly it but that's mm. a you know that's about as educated as a guess as i have right yeah. so um so there yeah it could be you know it could be different times of the day mm-hmm. where you have to like where you have to adjust um depending on you know it could be in the evening where they they might take this nymph but not this nymph it could be like you know Um, So it could be time of day, it could be water temperature, um, it could be, uh, you know, a storm system moved through and put Mm -hmm. the fish down, so all of a sudden they're not on dries because of a storm system that moved through, like a pressure change, Mm -hmm. and that affected the fish. So, I mean, it's, it's like, it's pretty temperamental, but then other times where you're like, yeah, no, it's pretty temperamental, and, you know, you can go through times where you like, where you feel like the crappiest you know, fly angler in the world because you've thrown everything at them and you just can't figure it out mm-hmm. then there's other times where it doesn't matter what you throw at them right where it's just like Okay, well, I, this is the last fly I have in my box. I guess I'll throw that on. And, and it catches fish too. Mm. So it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's like that and you feel like you're the best fisherman in the world, right? Notice how we always take credit. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a building up of like resilience and tolerance over time too, right? <laughs> you're you're yeah. getting really good at rejection. You know? Right, Handling oh yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is, And yeah. I think that that's something that uh, that majority of humanity could learn from. Yeah, is something from yeah. the fly fishing world of... Just handling rejection, right? Know? We yeah. all could learn a little bit more about yeah, that.
1: Yeah, and I love, you know, and that's one of the things I love about interacting with nature. And I think I talked about this on one of the one of the television episodes that we did a few years ago. But I talked about the unpredictability of nature mm. and how, you know, just when you think you've got something figured out, it like, you know, it punches you in the face or yep. whatever. And it's like, nope, yeah, yeah. You may have had it figured out for a few minutes back then, but now, nope yeah completely different and i love i love that because you know because we're this uh you know essentially we're kind of you know as human beings we're a little bit you know we're a little bit paradoxical right like we want we want kind of everything to be neat and tidy and clean and yet we get bored if Mm. it's too neat and tidy and clean and i think that that's like you know when we're out in nature that's kind of the time where we get dirty right where we gotta like you know where things aren't super predictable yeah and i think you know like getting back to you know the kids that we raise or the kids that I teach or the kids that you've had in camp. Mm -hmm. um, There is like, there is something so invaluable about learning that lesson in life that sometimes you're going to try your hardest Mm -hmm. and it's not going to work out for you. Right. What do you do? Do you, are we going to sit, you know, we're going to sit and cry about it. Mm -hmm. We might feel like crap, but you know what? There'll be tomorrow. Right. We'll be able to try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So there, there's something about like, There's something about like even when you're maybe good at something and not succeeding, even when you're good at something. Right. Like when you have a ton of knowledge about something or you've, you know, dedicated a lifetime to something, you still don't succeed. Mm. We see it there. There's there's only kind of a handful of places that we see it in life. One is kind of when we engage in the outdoors. Right. When it's like something that, you know, that that isn't, you know all cemented and you know commercialized and where we're just kind of out in nature predictable and predictable yeah. we see it there we see it in sport too right mm-hmm. where it's like heavy you know, structure right? yeah yeah where it's like you know you can try your hardest sometimes and come out on the losing end yeah i love that mm-hmm. it took me a long time to love that mm. right because especially with fishing where you just you know especially you know in your youth where it's like well you're you're there to catch fish and that's it right you just want to catch fish yeah But, um, you know, the older I get, the more I like, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? The river kicked me in the butt today. Mm. So be it. Right. I'll be here tomorrow or I'll be here next weekend. Right. Yeah. And there's something kind of like, there's something, and I don't know what that is. I probably need to spend more time thinking about it. But maybe I have just, you know, thought of a new column idea that I need to research and <laughs> write. But oh, that's great. But there's something about that, right, Benj, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like it's kind of like, yeah, no, we, you know, I was unsuccessful today, mm-hmm. and you know, how am I going to be more successful tomorrow or the next day, right? Yeah. Rather than kind of weeping about it and moping about it and breaking your fly rod and going, you know what, maybe I'm not a good fly fisherman, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Carrying on through. Yeah. So, out of all the fish that you have had the, like saying trout, that's a pretty broad term because mm-hmm. you obviously had the opportunity to f- probably fish m- what, most of North America's trout? Yeah,
1: yeah. I've, yeah, I've caught.
0: Kind of. So what's what's the, what's that array? You're you're allowed to brag. That, that, is, that is okay. I, if, it, if no one got the sense that you're you're a little bit more humble than you could be, uh, you know, I'm I'm allowing this section to be Derek's, you know, oh. kind of highlight reel of like yeah. what, what have you been able to fish? Um,
1: so I love fishing. Oh man, I love fishing. Okay, so here's a li- here's a list of the loves that I have to fish. I love fishing West Slope cutthroat because they're like overly aggressive right and there's usually quite a few of them Mm. so i love that and they attack a dry fly like you know just like a freight train coming from you know coming from the depths and i love that um i love uh i love fishing like a summer steelhead a Mm. summer run steelhead notice how i didn't say winter run Mm. i'm i've i've put in my hours for winter run um and i don't mind it and sometimes it kind of scratches an itch through the winter where i'm like no i just need to get out yeah but but they're not you know it's great when you hook into them it's Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful but they're not on on the top of my list and it's just yeah it's just because i'm getting old and i think you know i've been there before i've stood there in the cold and flogged (laughs) flogged water for hours and hours and hours fair weather is you know your friend but but i do love i love that uh that summer steelhead will chase a dry fly Mm. absolutely love that the the swoosh that they make kind of you can hear them swirl under the fly, mm. like, and the size of them when they swirl. And uh, and there's something just, yeah, there's something amazing about that. Um,
0: if you could see Derek's smile right now, yeah. <laughs> like the reminiscence <laughs> smile that is there, oh, yeah. man, it's awesome. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> You're just itching to get out right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I love, uh, I love, um, there's bull trout, like, bull trout are um they're
0: they're beasts right mm. like they're just absolute beasts and one of the bigger sized ones or well yeah I'm I not, mean not for, as well yeah so bull trout out.
1: it's a misnomer because bull trout are actually char oh
0: okay. okay um
1: which are differentiated because they don't have uh they don't have is it top or bottom teeth I can't remember um top I think it is they don't have top teeth whereas trout have teeth on both the top <laughs> right. and the bottom but um, but yeah, bull trout are fun to catch just because they're kind of ambush fish, right? Okay. So so they'll sit out like uh, you know, they'll sit out in kind of like a glacial silt kind of area near like where uh you know where a, a feeder or a tributary stream will come into like more of a main stem, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll they'll kind of sit out there in the silt and and just kind of ambush like they'll ambush like white foot whitefish and you know, West Slope Cutthroat. And so they'll they're kind of that ambush fish, and so so once you've figured out how to catch them, they're super fun to catch because mm-hmm. you know they can get kind of in the, you know they can get up to like 15, 15 pounds. A little, some of them a little bit larger, not not very often, but up to about like fifteen pounds. That's still a big trout, which is a big yeah, <laughs> which is a big fish, and those are fun to catch. Although I don't think that there are um, there's I don't th- there's there's Dolly Varden on Vancouver Island in some of the streams uh specifically on the, more than north end of the island um but uh but as far as bull trout they're across the strait there's mm. some bull trout across the strait um but that you know it's kind of a planes trains and automobiles to get there mm-hmm. no <laughs> so kidding um yeah so bull trout are i love love fishing for bull trout mm. yeah because they'll they'll duke it out right like they'll sit low in the water column and they'll kind of duke it out and it takes a while to reel those in because they're so big and they'll Mm. go for some pretty good runs so those are fun um uh bull trout brown trout um are fun i haven't done, done a lot of brown trout fishing there's there's not a ton of places on the island that have brown trout there are a few there's a few lakes um and then one stream in particular on the island that has brown trout
0: that she'll remain nameless, right? Yeah, well, it's
1: it's uh, it's kind of more of a well-known stream, but I'll oh. I'll still kind of stick to my guns and mm. not and not uh, name, that's fair, and not name specific places. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and and I've you know I've had the opportunity to you know to fish different just because of the magazine, right? Where mm. you know say like a rod company we'll call the magazine and say, oh, you know, can you send, you know, can you send an editor? We're going to, you know, we're going to test out this new rod. It's not on the market yet. And we're going to go up to, you know, we're going to go up to Alaska and do it. Right. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> when do you need me? Yeah. So, um, so I've done that a few times. There's, uh, I've gone up to alaska and fished for silvers up there and then also rainbows up cool, there that's awesome um silvers that that's i sounded american when i said that right <laughs> fishing silvers up in alaska um and uh but no it those are coho we call them coho here mm. but did you did you know that nope, no no okay no, yeah I was just smiling so, and nodding yeah, <laughs> completely ignorant would, had you known that i would have been like hey you've done way too much research no, for this one no, no 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 i have my lines yeah I have my lines. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so anyways that's uh that's a lot of That's a lot of fun fishing, like fishing up in Alaska was, was kind of one of the highlights of my life. I've been up there twice now Mm. and, um, and I want to go back. Like to me, that's like the dream holiday, right? Like amazing. And I stayed up at a lodge there. We stayed up there for a week and I, the guy that was taking us out, he was like, he was as grizzled and as hardened as the Alaska tundra itself, (laughs) right? Like he was just like, he was probably 25 years old, but he looked like he was 80, right? Just he was <laughs> he All was that just
0: lack like... of sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but
1: yeah, I saw cool things up there, like, you know, moose crossing the stream right in mm. front of you, you know, hawks taking like magpies out of the sky right wow. in front of you. Like, just like, you know, just a, yeah, just nature kind of doing its thing. Just big Alaskan browns kind of like, oh. you know, poking their heads up on the shore. Um, there was, there was um when we were there there was like and just huge like huge like bear prints like all over the sandbars the that we big, were stopping on boys and i felt there. so confident right because i'm fishing with an american guide and everybody knows that and this might be a stereotype but you know americans like all americans carry at least one piece right like they carry mm-hmm. like at least one gun mm-hmm. so i'm like so i felt quite confident right because even though there's big bear prints on the sandbars i'm like well no, our guide like i'm sure he's got like i'm sure he's got packing something mm-hmm. anyways on like the third day of our of our trip um we're sitting we're sitting eating lunch and i said to him i'm like hey can i can i see what you're carrying can i see like can i see your gun And he looked at me i don't carry a gun i'm like <laughs> what, what are we doing here? like, like what don't world, you know where we are right? <laughs> Yeah, he said, "No, no, they the bears don't bother us." But I'm like, "Wow, are you really American?" He's yeah, like, "You don't carry a gun." But anyways, <laughs> um yeah, there there's been a number of those times. When we were fishing in the Caribou, I went to I went to unzip the waders and and walk into the bush a little bit to take a pee. I probably shouldn't be taking, you know, talking about, you know, taking a leak on your podcast, but anyways, no, no. I went to like I,
0: realism. Yeah, I
1: feel like I feel like Rick has probably already crossed
0: that line. I think, I feel like he did too. <laughs> Maybe not. And I like went to
1: turn turned to walk into the bush a bit and the guide his name was skeed he grabbed my arm he's all yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't walk back there to pee he said just do it right here i'm like why he's all well you just might not come back out he said
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like That's there's so bears boring.
1: like everywhere there anyway so um what were we talking about i, I totally got Oh yeah, fish. yeah. That was another the good question list. yeah another list. good question um so yeah, I do love fishing brown trout mm. and I have fished brown trout in Montana. Okay. Um, again, there was a rod company that invited me down there to fish and we, we were fishing a, a pretty well-known stream down there. We are fishing the big hole it's called. And, uh, and that was, yeah, I caught some really nice trout down mm. there. One of them was a big brown and that was fun. Um, Lake Trout, uh, my co-host on the television show that, that, um, that I'm on, his name is Jim McLennan and he, uh. We, we both hooked in... We'd never caught a lake trout before. Mm. And we were fishing a tributary that flowed into Quinell Lake. And we both, hooked, um, we both hooked some pretty monster... Like, we each hooked one monster lake trout, too. Like, it was probably in the... I don't know. It's hard to exaggerate when it's caught on film, right? Mm. And people might watch the film. So I think that they were both in, like, the 15-pound range. Wow. Yeah. I always think that my fish are bigger than Jim's. But then when I watch the... Like, when I watch the footage... I don't know if it's just because I'm a little bit taller than Jim or maybe have bigger hands. But my fish always look smaller than his. <laughs> is this so. an ongoing rivalry between the oh, two? I don't you? know. No, there's no rivalry because <laughs> Jim is like an infinitely better angler than I am. <laughs> so there's no rivalry. Yeah. I kind of he doesn't I don't know if he really knows it, but I kind of treat him like uh like or I think of him very much as a mentor. He's mm-hmm. like he's 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 also fly fishing famous, but really, like really fly fishing famous, not like, yeah, not like uh Not like me or like people who think that they might be, but yeah,
0: Anyway, It it shows though, like I've seen a couple of the episodes that you guys did together, like working uh, the streams and the different ways that you did. And I think that's what attracts me to any professional, whatever sports person Mm. is being able to walk through the success and the failure. Right. And it was really neat watching you guys interact that way because he obviously had, you know, that other little bit of magic that just needed to happen to make that day work or just that knowledge or whatever it was. And you, you know, having experience, I mean, we've heard it here yeah. right you're talking about the story the the lifetime that you've been in this sport yeah yet still choosing that humbleness of i don't actually know everything and somebody yeah. else can always you know add something to my experience right and you guys i think really bring that together on that show
1: yeah jim he makes like it's a good and i'd say atmosphere um even though we're kind of out out kind of lots of different places filming but mm. I mean, that's cool that you picked that up, Benj, because that's like, because that's one of the things that, um, it's not that we try for it, it's that that's who Jim is,
0: mm, which is really sure. cool, right? It's yeah. like,
1: I think if he was like somebody that was super competitive, whereas like he felt like he needed to catch more fish or be a better angler or whatever, I think that that would also show if if mm. that's kind of who he was. But he's not that, He's he's just really good at what he does mm. and he is like, He's just this wealth of information. And I feel like, you know, I feel like if Jim can't catch a fish that day, then they really aren't biting. I feel like if I can't catch a fish when we're out filming, it's because it's because I haven't done it well enough or properly. But if Jim's not catching fish, I'm like, well, they're just not biting today. So we can just yeah. back it in, right? Yeah, that's We get, what, we yeah. get a go-free home card. Yeah, guard. that's how I totally
0: feel. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, I, I love... I love you taking this time, Derek, to be able to walk through all of this. But I mean, I mean, we could continue going on for, for hours. I feel like it's really, really quite fascinating hearing your stories, hearing <laughs> the impact. You know, I think that one of the takeaways that I always have from hearing people's stories is how much whatever it is that they're doing has the impact on them as they do on it. Right. Um, so I kind of like one of the closing things that I wanted to talk about a little bit is like, what's kind of the the future of, of fly fishing and helping uh, steward this because there's mm-hmm. a lot of catch and release. Like we didn't really yeah. go on that, but I right. think that primarily what uh, what you guys are doing through most of the sport. Yeah, I, I mean, I could be completely off. You could speak back more to that than me, but I feel like it's a it's kind of the part of the culture is that yeah
1: it is yeah that's um and very astute too like from like you say you're kind of an with fly fishing you're kind of an outsider looking in Mm -hmm. but it's something you've tried and you'd like to you know you'd like to get into more and but it is it's um i think because of the type of people it attracts Mm. um and i i don't i shouldn't say it that way because it's almost like i don't want to sound elitist it's but because it's not it's definitely not that it's Mm. but it's like but people that fly fishing attracts is it's often people who um who wanna be part of they wanna be part of nature at kind of a different level than just kind of showing up.
0: There's and, a deep appreciation there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And either because, you know, whether it's they've seen a movie about it or um, you know, seen something online, you know, or a TV show, you know, because You've said it a few times already on the podcast. Right now, that that there's there's something mysterious. There's kind of this this mysterious quality about it. There's there's a rhythmic quality about it. There's something kind of that um, when you're fly fishing that seems to maybe capitalize a little bit more on like the rhythms of nature. Right mm-hmm. where you're kind of you're mm-hmm. out there and you're kind of part of it a little bit more. Anyways, I think that I think that people who are at it for a long time they do get to a place where they want to, where they want to kind of, you know, pass things on, or they want to preserve, mm-hmm. um, they want to preserve, they want to, um, they want to ensure that, that people who come after them or, you know, have a, you know, have that same, that same ability and kind of, uh, not the same ability, the same opportunity that they may have had.
0: The borrowing from our grandchildren kind of type, th- type, idea. A, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: type idea. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I, I'm a little bit, I don't know. I there there's there's a theory, and I don't know if it's just to make people feel better who do it. Because mm. I don't know if I've thought about this theory enough to know whether I agree with it or not, but I'll say it. Um it's that, you know, even even if there's lots of people fishing a stream or fly fishing a stream, then that stream has a number of protectors, right? Mm. So it's so it's, you know, if, if somebody like starts to dump waste in it, or if somebody like starts to you know even say cut the you know the repair start to cut the riparian zone around it or whatever right that there's going to be people that are going to stand up and say mm-hmm. hey no no that's not right right because mm-hmm. because they're you like when you and you probably feel this when you go out and hunt an area definitely or yeah. you know when you've spent a lot of time fishing an area you, it it kind of it becomes part of you yeah. in a way right mm-hmm. and so you do you become kind of like not just a steward but like kind of a protector of it yeah. and so So there is that. I think that there's that, you know, if we're talking about economics, there's kind of the point of diminishing returns though, right? Where, Mm. you know, where we can, where we can become the problem. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I do see that. I do see that in some places on, like on the island, I see it sometimes specifically during salmon season and, you know, where we become the problem rather than the solution where it's just like, there's, you know, there's
0: overcrowding and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you see it in the hiking world right like exactly, you exactly yeah Strathcona Park and it's yeah. absolutely fantastic and you've got everybody in there but because of the amount of volume in that area yeah. there's impact right and yeah. so it's it's this constant struggle and whatever it is is that as something increases in popularity or yeah. knowledge or whatever there's there's always a cost associated yeah. to it right and how, yeah. how do you do it but i love the way that you've you know kind of pegged that on the head i look at it as almost uh, nature's security team whatever right. it is whether they're the paddlers are going up desolation sound and doing the kayak thing and yeah. being able to keep in a, keep tabs on what's happening there or whether it's the fishing community whether it's whatever yeah in the middle of the ocean and they're doing sailing and you get other data there's some really neat communities out there that pour into that. And and I think that the fly fishing community has, you know, has a, has a big seat at that table as far as as that's concerned, because they're in those remote locations, because they're seeing um, these wildlife that not everybody's going to see. Yeah. You know, like how many people are going to see half of what you've already seen and be able to pass that knowledge on and the value of it. Yeah. There's really something quite profound about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There really is. So, yeah so i like i don't know i you know i Benj i don't know the answer and i think the reason that you know that my heart's a little bit heavy when i say i don't know the answer is you know you look at you know look at vancouver island specifically vancouver island winter Mm -hmm. winter steelhead runs right Mm -hmm. well summer and winter steelhead runs like obviously you know obviously we've done something there that's that that hopefully isn't irreversible Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like you look at the regulations and you see like you see how many streams now are closed down mm-hmm. um to to help kind of bring back like a steelhead population and and you just you just wonder like you know like have we gone have we gone too far like like what have we done mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so so i kind of wonder that I, I don't have a solution for that right it's always like it's always a finger pointing game. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of like, you know, once we maybe once we get past the finger pointing, the finger pointing is, you know, and I don't want to definitely don't want to be political on your podcast. <laughs> but but it's the it's different groups that point fingers, right? It's sure. like, you know, it's like, over logging, or it's like, you know, it's the fish farms, or it's, you know, it's this, or it's that, or and then we always end up with, you know, climate change, it's this. But you know what, it's like, it it likely is probably the anglers too, Mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, there's, there's a mortality rate that goes along with even catch and release. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, and so, so I think that it's at a point where, you know, where there needs to be, you know, it's kind of like finger pointing needs to stop and it's like, okay, there's a problem, Mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, with this species. Mm -hmm. And so what are we going to do, right? Are we just going to let it, are we going to let it go and see if it rebounds? Are we going to like, you know, continue some studies and, and, you know, try to figure out what's happening. Like, what do we do? And I I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that Mm. Benj. I wish I did. I wish I had the solution, but yeah.
0: yeah. But the point is having the conversation, right. And continue to ask those questions and to continue to push for whatever it is that's needed, whether Mm -hmm. it's research, whether it's people on the ground, whether it's uh, just that general knowledge of people like yourself who are able to have a seat at that table in the future, right. Where they can do that. And And I
1: do know, and I do know that there's, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like I don't want to end on it like a point of like hopelessness because you know when like when I'm out and you know when I am out winter steelhead fishing on on rivers that you know still allow it Mm -hmm. um like I do see like on more than one occasion I've seen you know I've seen uh you know fisheries biologists and stuff snorkeling the rivers Mm -hmm. checking to see kind of how the how the counts are and stuff like that so so there's a recognition right Mm -hmm. that that something from a whole bunch of different parties that something needs to be done Mm -hmm. which is which is i guess we're already in a good place Mm -hmm. like if we if we start to see that you know that yeah there needs to be closures on these rivers Mm -hmm. right
0: um so anyways yeah yeah no that (laughs) no that's awesome that's awesome where can uh people follow uh well i guess fly fusions on instagram and facebook and and youtube do they have their i was trying to find do they have their own youtube channel or is it that because i found some stuff through i think it was fernie had uh, had a bunch of like yeah some yeah
1: no there. we don't have our own youtube channel we um we kind of house a lot of our stuff on vimeo
0: mm.
1: uh but most of our stuff is behind a paywall mm-hmm. like um yeah, we're we're kind of yeah, we Which it should be, I mean, but it's not working. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. <laughs> we do have a streaming service, but that's like, you know, it costs a few bucks a month. Um Fly fusion streaming. Uh we have uh we have a film festival mm. that um that kind of shows up in different places. You go onto the Fly fusion website and see where, you know, if it's going to come to kind of a theater near you type mm-hmm. thing um yeah the magazine that's something you can buy on you can still buy it on stands right isn't that great you totally
0: can i've (laughs) I've seen it on bc ferry right in walmart it's around yeah yeah
1: yeah and we're talking about that kind of the niche you know niche in print is still you know it's still Still something that people want to buy and that and so so it's like that's awesome that that's there um yeah and there is we do have a bit of an online presence as well so um so that's uh yeah and but you can find all of that like information if you go to Fusion like flyfusionmag.com mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then if I can throw one more plug oh, out, please Inge. do. I was going yeah. to, I was going yeah. to send it your way. Oh, thank you. got to talk yeah. about your book.
0: Yeah. You gotta-
1: so, um, so I'd love to play, like I've, lo- I'd love to plead the starving artist card. Like, oh, please, do. like, please like, you know, buy my, I have a, I wrote a buy book. My book. Yeah. I wrote <laughs> a book a few years ago. It's a novel. It's a fictional novel. It's called last summer on the sage. Um, and it's, uh, it's a coming of age, like it's a coming of age novel. Mm. It's about a kid who, uh, he's 17. He's like the main character is a protagonist. He's 17. He's, he's grown up and it, he's grown up fly fishing. It's starting to sound familiar, right? Um, anyways, he, he grows up fly fishing and it's kind of, he's at a point in his life where he's got to move away from his hometown. Mm. And, uh, and kind of make a decision about his future as far as, you know, college, university. Anyways, it's all about him trying to make the most of his last summer. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just like multiple events that kind of happen um, in his last summer that make, it, uh, that make it, you know, exciting. There's a bit of a, there's a love story in there um, that, uh, yeah, it's, there's a love story that, that's in there. I, I don't want to give that one away, but there is a love story in there too that's, uh, which I don't know how, you know, I definitely don't know how, like, I don't know why I wrote it that way. Mm it's just kind of like well yeah and then looking back it's kind of like you know a lot of my audience are guys right and so (laughs) so so maybe that's just not me reading my audience but i do have to say there is a there's a larger female component Mm -hmm. now like in the last few years for for fly anglers which is really awesome to Mm -hmm. see it's so good to see anyways if you're a female fly angler please buy my book if you're a male (laughs) angler uh, please buy my book Um, (laughs) i i'm biased but i really love it it's um it's, uh, there's a character in there. His name's Jack, and, uh, and the Jack character is one that uh, he's, he's really tried to isolate from society just because of some of the things he's gone through. And he ends up, like through kind of this one circumstance, he ends up meeting the main character. And the main character, the protagonist, his name's Ryan. And they end up meeting, and the relationship between, um, between kind of this guy who's kind of excommunicated himself from society and this kid that's like so naive about kind of just everything in the world right mm-hmm. kind of because he's you know he's just going to go out in there and start to really experience the world um their relationship is actually one of the, one of my favorites in the novel and, it, and all they have in common really is that is is fly fishing mm-hmm. um but um but anyways yeah it's uh you can you can buy it in a few different places like you can go to the go to our website uh, flyfishingmag.com you can buy it there uh, you can find it on Amazon. Um, if you showed up at my door, I would have a copy
0: for you too. Right, right, on, right But I, yeah, I, I won't give my we'll address. will just give your address. No, no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> for any of your uh, you know off-color comments or stuff, you might just have some uh, other visitors. Who knows? Right, who yeah, else? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got to get an audio version of it too. See that? Oh, I'm a big audio person. Yeah. the first thing I look for. is like, do you have an audio? Oh, oh, yeah. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah. I could get you to read it. Oh, I could definitely. get you to do
1: the... Yeah, you have a very, like, a very resonant radio voice. I can see well, why you're doing podcasts character
0: yes. has that same resonant voice That's yeah I mean. <laughs> yeah
1: anyways it's uh yeah so it's a uh, it's it's got parallel plots in it which um yeah which are quite exciting to me anyways and kind of how that those parallel plots come together is really really cool so so it kind of keeps you on the edge it kind mm-hmm. of keeps you guessing until the very end of the book um and and then how do i connect it to vancouver island well the the novel actually ends up like kind of the last uh, the last scene is ends up on vancouver
0: island right on. Huh. so yeah that's so, awesome anyways it's yeah. on my read list i'm looking forward cool to it, yeah to that. yeah oh, that's, that's great. great yeah yeah well thank you derek i so appreciate this i know your schedule is fully busy between <laughs> high school teacher and fly fusion editor like it's it's i'm just very very grateful uh, for giving the time and for doing this and for sharing a bit of your story and i hope that people benefit just as much as i feel like i have just hearing why you're passionate about what you're passionate about in the outdoors but Specifically in this area of of just beauty and being able to see it for what it is in fishing, I think there's something really spectacular about that.
1: Yeah, and Benj, thank you so much for having me on. Like seriously, what you're doing, um, you know, you're you're documenting right. You're documenting parts of history, and that's that's kind of you know. And it's not. I realize it's not just that, but but kind of sharing your passion and and allowing people to come in and share their passion about the outdoors and about vancouver island i think is like it's a really good thing that you're doing so please keep it up thanks um, appreciate it yeah, yeah yeah so yeah and and you're really good at it too oh yeah. thank so you that was good yeah I appreciate that was It was fun it was fun it was actually like it was a fun experience good so, yeah i'm glad yeah it was good. awesome well yeah. thanks so much for coming on all right thanks Benj.
0: If you enjoyed being a part of listening to Derek's journey as I did, you can go and follow him on Instagram at Derek R. Bird, or you can follow him on Facebook, Derek Bird. You can go and check out his book, The Last Summer on the Sage, and make sure to watch for Fly Fusion Magazine's next issues anywhere magazines are sold. If you haven't had the chance, please go and check out Imagine Camping. Imagine Camping has the fireside forks. They are the must-have for any camping trip. Whether you're new to camping or an experienced outdoor enthusiast, you've never seen a campfire roasting stick like it. These compatible roasting sticks can be used when hiking, backpacking, mountaineering, off-roading, RVing, you name it, you can probably use it if it's got flame. Go and check out the fireside fork at imaginecamping.com.